0: Jonah Jonah, Jonah has been freaking being kind of, I don't know, I've been naming off centers and stuff and every center I name because he just kind of gives me this look in his eye and then starts laughing at the centers that I'm naming in terms of like how good they are. I'm not you, kind of saying, well, you, I don't know. I just can't take you seriously because I'm naming these centers that, like... Trying to put him into like the really good guy. I feel like there's a bunch of really good guys, and then some just, and then the rest are just not that good. Similar
1: to, Sean. I have a feeling Jonah has some hot takes for this pod. Yeah. He wouldn't so,
0: give us the text in the group chat if he didn't have some hot takes.
1: We're gonna
2: get into this list, and um, yeah, like Shannon was alluding to, uh, I think we might have some pretty controversial takes on this. Podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we might. I think Center has got to be the position where. I think my opinion differs the most from like what the national media perception is, or
1: you have a specific strong opinion of what you think a center should do. Definitely.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I'll get into that because I think center is the one position where I really value defense above offense and especially versatility too, because center, it's definitely a position where you see at like, the biggest moments like guys getting played off the court, like the Lakers won the championship last year and they come completed- because of their
1: centers really, honestly.
2: Well, that, but then also they kind of took JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard off the court at like the biggest moment <laughs> of the season and went with Anthony Davis at the five instead. So um, it just goes to show how many like truly versatile centers and how um, there are in the league. Who can but a big
1: part it. of the Lakers' success was just punking people because of how many big centers they had oh, yeah. and defensive yeah, centers at that.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, too. During the regular season, I think a huge part of their success was owed to their rim protection. And um, obviously, Anthony Davis, probably the best rim-protecting five – or rim-protecting power forward in the league. But yeah. The, Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, super athletic rim protectors as well. But I think, in the sake of time, unless Channon, you have something to add about your um, criteria for this list. Um, I don't think so. I'm with you on the defense. I think I might value offense a little
1: more than you. Mm-hmm. But
2: yeah. Oh, so nah. you so you made you made a list. No, I didn't make a list. But
1: okay. Um, he'll,
2: yeah, he'll get
0: mad at you for that. He gave me the um stink eye when I when he said that yeah, I make a list. I said it was all up here he's like oh really? uh, yeah bro
1: well I like to go like use Jonah's list as like the structure yes and then like that, me and Kellen give our exactly. opinions that's because if we were all trying to go through lists it would go so long
2: so I think we might get the um kind of controversy or maybe shock value started off a little bit early on the pod today I actually have five players in my top tier. I did it in tiers again, and I have five Five? players. Yes. All right, run them off. Joel Embiid, and these are in order. Joel Embiid. Let's go. Good pick for number one, baby. Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Nikola Jokic. Bam Adebayo and Karl-Anthony Towns.
0: You put Bam at four.
1: So, obviously, the controversy is Gobert over Jokic.
0: And then you had Bam at four?
2: I did have Bam at four. So, we'll start at one. I think Joel Embiid uh, is the clear pick here. I don't think that part is really controversial. He's the best two-way center in the league. He's been basically unguardable on offenses. Shooting fifty percent from the mid range, he gets to the line a ton. Nobody... Has, his
1: mid range is butter, dude. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, and he's a massive rim protector who blocks a ton of shots without fouling it as well. He gets to the yeah. line so much, and he's an eighty-five percent free throw shooter. He's just unguardable offensively. Um, if injuries didn't exist, he would be in a tier of his own. He would be in. Yeah, in a that's a good take. Yeah it's just the injuries kind of pulling back because everybody else in this tier kind of plays more than he does aside from Carl Anthony Towns this year, but um, he's at the bottom of this tier. I think let's get into Gobert over Jokic because I, this is one where I really had to think about it. And what it basically came down to is I don't think either of these guys will be able to win a championship as the best player on their team. I think For a Gobert, it's going to be really hard just because he sort of lacks the versatility that you need in the playoffs. Like, I don't want to say his contributions get muted defensively, but they definitely get dulled to an extent. That's how I feel, yeah. Because, yeah, with that drop coverage scheme, he can take away shots at the rim for like probably 25 of the 30 teams in the NBA. But those other five teams where you really have to like play a switching defense or play a more versatile defense like Rudy Gobert can't do as well in those settings. And so I just think it'll be really hard for him to be the elite defender that he is in the regular season because he's the best defender in the regular season by a country mile. But I just think it's hard for him to sustain that in the postseason. Nikola Jokic, I don't think you can win a championship with him as your best player, just because of the rim defense is all, always going to be so terrible. Like it's, uh, and actually, I think maybe if you had a power forward, like an Anthony Davis or a Draymond Green, just one hmm. of those really good defensive power forwards, you so might I was have to say, but yeah, I just don't, don't think the um, defense is there. Um, he, yeah, he just, um, the nuggets allow the most um shots at the rim per game they allow the highest percentage at the rim like yes. it's just it's just very hard and he can't switch he's not scheme versatile either so the defense is just like such a bummer for Nikola jokic so both of these players have limitations that are very like limiting at the highest levels and rudy gobert yeah. i said this before best regular season defender Nikola Jokic by far is the best offensive center in the NBA. It's not close. He's one of the best offensive big men of all time. I think probably like Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem or like Bill Walton might, or Shaq maybe. The, but Jokic mm. is right up there with those guys. Yeah, I'm
1: putting so, up there, I'm putting him up there with Kareem and Shaq.
2: Yeah. And so, but what it comes, and I think Gobert, the fact that he takes the jazz with guards there um,
0: what'd you say you cut out a little bit I said
2: where I was talking about Rudy and I just think the fact that he takes a lineup with Conley and Mitchell two really small guards their small forward is Royce O'Neal who's 6'4 and that's the guy who has to guard like LeBron and Kawhi and then Boyan Bogdanovich at power forward a 6'10 slow unathletic european guy he takes those <laughs> players and 6'10 he's 6'10 yeah damn he he takes those guys and he turns them into the third best defense in the entire league like that's pretty phenomenal that is impressive and
1: donovan mitchell isn't a very good defender credit
2: you could say a lot of credit goes to he's done a wonderful job but that if you don't have the best room protector in the league Mhm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, bro. And I said I value defense more than offense for centers and that's And here's the thing too. Rudy Gobert, he's not a bad offensive player. Like he sets the best screens in the league. He's brutally efficient at the rim. He just dunks everything. He's an incredible offensive rebounder. So he's actually a major plus on offense. He does everything you could want a center to do on offense. And so Rudy Gobert's offense is just so much better than Jokic's defenses. And they're both the best of the position on the other end of the court. And so, yeah, I just think I'm going to take the best defensive center with awesome offense over maybe one of the best offensive centers of all time with pretty miserable defense. And yeah, I feel pretty good about Gobert at two. Jokic at three. Bam Adebayo at four. Um, I think you could make a really good, Really credible argument that Bam Adebayo might be the number one guy you want to have in the playoffs just because he can switch, he can play drop coverage and protect the rim. Mm. He's just a super versatile defensive center. He's our, I think his offensive versatility gets underrated because he can play out of the high post and be a really good passer. Miami runs their offense through him. He can get his. He can get his own shot by driving to the rim. He's added that pull-up mid-ranger into his game this year, so that's another...
1: He has, yeah. bro. He has it on lock. He hit a little short, tiny mid-range game winner. Was that today?
2: Yeah, that was just this morning, or this yeah. early afternoon. And if he wanted to, I'm sure he could do the Rudy Gobert thing and just be one of the best pick-and-roll centers in the league. He has the size and the athleticism. He sets really good screens, like and he can fly above the rim. So I think his offensive versatility goes underappreciated, as well and then finally i've got carl anthony towns i considered making carl anthony towns a tier of his own in tier two but ultimately i brought him back up here because this is more me trying to have foresight than anything but i just am very high on carl anthony towns because he's a what's up coming off the dribble or off of screens you
0: cut out God, I'm
2: sorry. He's a what coming off the what? The seven footer. Oh, he's a 40% shooter who takes really difficult shots either coming off of screens or off the dribble. Mm. And and um he's seven <laughs> one. Okay. <yeah, and> he's, <laughs> he's pretty athletic. He was drafted out of Kentucky as a guy who was supposed to be a good room protector. So I think he can get there on defense. I bet probably when the Timberwolves are more competitive, he'll like start trying harder, honestly. But actually, actually, you know, as I say this, I think Carl anthony Town should be in tier two. All by Boom, him.
1: kaboom. That's what I was going to say. That was yeah. my response. Yeah, he's, he's tier two. All right, let me, give my, let me give my responses to tier one. Okay. It's so hard because I feel like when making lists, a lot of times it makes the most sense to go more off the regular season. But to me, the, to me, the thing that gives a, the best argument for Jokic over Gobert is that I think that Jokic is more valuable in the playoffs. And that's been, like, the big thing that has made me, like, not be a huge Gobert guy is, like you talked about, I think his defense does become a little less valuable in the playoffs. But it's so hard, dude, because how, it's so hard to compare them because they have such opposite strengths. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, yeah. It makes it so hard to choose him. I think I would probably rock with Gobert too, also, but that was just like the devil's advocate. Like, I think that Jokic's offense is tough in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, yes. it, that I think his offense is more sustainable in the playoffs than Gobert's defenses. But the last point I'll make about Jokic, and I know y- you agreed with me, but I'm so this isn't like any sort of. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah this is just one final point before we move on Nicole Jokic he's a wonderful offensive creator but if I didn't have Jokic I could still get that from other positions like if I had Luka Doncic or Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry or Giannis on my team I could still a good point I could still recreate that offense if I didn't have Gobert on my team like there's no player in the end mm, that's a
1: good point to the top three defense. that's a good point dude honestly bro a year from now hmm I don't know. I could see Bam sliding up to two, honestly.
2: Yeah, because
1: this game just keeps getting better and better. Rounded, it feels like, and just how good of a two-way player he is. Um, this is
2: um, totally speculation, and so um, don't pay too much attention to this. But if Bam Adebayo doesn't dislo or doesn't or doesn't hurt his shoulder in the playoffs last year and the Heat win the championship. What What's this conversation looking like?
1: Right? Mm. Um, I'd still probably put him under Joel Embiid. I think I'd put him at two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I think I'd still have him at four, but mm. I, I think so. Um, because this... he
1: was he – was, well, because, I mean, that's assuming he has a big series against Anthony Davis because that's a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's a good point, too. That
1: proves a lot. To beat Anthony Davis in the playoffs would mean a lot, but um, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, where I fall on out Adebayo, like I said before, he might be the one guy who I take of these five or four now that I've taken out Towns. He might be the one guy I take of these four for the playoffs, but I just really struggle with um, if his defense is really that good, why isn't Miami like an all be defense this year the way that yeah because their personnel is certainly much better than what Rudy Gobert is working with so
1: mm, that's true they have you could say maybe it's been partially due to like you know Jimmy has sat out a ton yeah. like I feel like there's been kind of holes that are dropping out of different games and then you're left with you know your Tyler here and Duncan Robinson running around they're great players but it's not Jimmy Butler and you know it's it changes up your defense and I feel like Oh, you know, honestly, I think that's a good point because the Jazz have been, for the most part, really healthy. Yeah, and so I feel like that can it can be easier to build a consistent like chemistry and expectation from your defense when you have that health
2: and when you have players sliding in
1: out of lineup.
2: Like it can be harder, maybe, but I I think that's certainly the case, especially with the quick turnaround the Heat had from the bubble. But yeah, right. and ultimately, ultimately, it's a moot point too because this whole argument is based on like Bam Adebayo, no. The best regular three best regular season defensive centers Thank but you, wait say that cut again it. you cut, it out. Out. I cut it out. out again but yeah what i was saying is
0: what Re- we repeat what that. i was saying is it's a yeah, moot point though,
2: because yeah it's a moot point it's a moot point because bam out of we're i'm not billing him as like this elite regular season defender he might not even be like one of the top three or four best regular season defensive centers but he turns it on in the playoffs and that's why yeah. he's in tier one Is because yeah. of his versatility so, yeah, that's all I kind of wanted to say about tier one. To clarify, uh, tier one, I'll get it to you after, Colin, but tier one is indeed Gobert, Jokic, out Tier two is Cat all by himself, and that's where we are at right now at the top five. Colin, Cat by say? himself in tier two? Yeah, Cat by yeah, himself. Yeah, that makes sense. That make, Yeah, because I was looking at the list, and after Cat,
1: it looked like a drop-off.
0: I was just wondering, because I didn't think Bam was a center. I thought it was power forward. So, like... Where would like Julius Randall fit into your list of centers if he was to be one?
2: Well, I mean, if if he was a center, he'd be really low. But isn't
0: he all. considered low key a center though?
2: No. He's not. <laughs> no. Really? Isn't he like six eight or six nine? Yeah, he is but a, he's. But isn't Bam
0: Adebayo like six nine?
2: Yeah, but Bam Adebayo plays center for the Heat. The the Knicks center is like Merlin's Noel well or Mitchell Robinson or.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right.
1: And Julius Randle doesn't play like a center, like.
0: I guess. I mean? Facts. I just didn't know because, like, I didn't think Bam. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, Bam does play center. But I mean.
1: But, but he does kind of break the mold of a center, to be fair. He handles the ball quite a bit.
2: But yeah. yeah, and that's kind of a thread throughout a couple of these guys we've mentioned are not so much what you'd expect from the traditional center. Rudy Gobert is probably the one who. Like, really traditional yeah yeah and in beat i guess to an extent yeah he's like that throwback dominant center yeah in in beat is like traditional traditional mm. and gobert is like yeah. traditional in the sense that he plays like the traditional archetype we'd expect in this modern era of right yeah yeah that's yeah all right so i think yeah we've spent enough time on these top guys i think we're all pretty much in agreement um Except and so let's move on to tier two i had i had um Seven, no, eight players in tier two. It goes from number six to number 13. Mm -hmm. And I'll read them off in order. This is still in order. I actually went to 19. I felt pretty good about my list up to 19. And then it just kind of became mushed together tiers. But six through 13. Clint Capella, Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, Rashawn Mm. Holmes, Christoph Porzingis, Jonas Valanciunas, Yusuf mm. Nurkic and Al Horford.
1: Hmm, I think that's perfect. I like how high you have Clint Capella. He's great. He's been really good.
2: Yeah, I agree. He's he's really shorted up the Hawks' defense, which has been yeah very I impressive. Love that. I forgot center.
1: about him. He's another really good defensive
2: center. Yeah, let's look at his on-off Rocket's stats
1: He's also, I have a lyric about Mike Capella in an upcoming song.
2: Yeah. When Capella's been on the court, the Hawks' defense has been 10 points per 100 possessions better. Which wow. That's 97th percentile. So that is extremely impressive. Uh, when he's on the court, opponents are shooting 5% worse at the rim, which is 93rd percentile.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: they're shooting less of their shots at the rim, which is also indicative. Of a very yeah. good singer. So, yeah, he's just Turner. probably behind Rudy Gobert, one of the best room protectors in the league. And he also has been made in a lab to run pick and roll with Trey Young.
1: Yeah, true. Another one of those elite protectors is Miles Turner. He's a
2: beast. Miles Turner. Good point. Yeah, he's number eight on my list. He also mm-hmm. adds the stretch element of shooting a little bit, which is what number seven on my list, Brooke Lopez, does as well.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Brooke Lopez is knocked down, bro. And it's like it surprises me still when I'm watching him for some reason. Like it just doesn't, it just catches me off guard, but he can shoot it.
2: Yeah. And the reason I have Lopez seven and Turner eight, um, Turner's probably a little bit better of a rim protector. Lopez maybe a little bit better of a shooter. Miles Turner is a little bit younger. So there are favor or there are um things working in both of their favors. Turner may be yeah. a little bit more athletic, maybe a little bit more switchable. Lopez is just a lot bigger, so I think those traditional post centers like a Jokic, like a Embiid, like Turner, you can put him on those guys, but or Lopez, you could put him on those guys. Miles Turner would be having a much harder time with like a big. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. Out. Yeah, I definitely think Brook is slightly
2: better than and and Brook <laughs> is a much better rebounder. I think that's important as well. Yeah. Rishon Holmes number nine he's another really solid I think he's so underrated he's maybe going to be one of the best free he's going to be the best free agent center on the market this summer um just pretty mm-hmm. athletic a really good rim protector and then he's also got a nasty floater and so I just think he's a pretty good yes. all around
1: player that's impressive to have yeah he is good dude he is an appealing center if you're a team looking for a
2: center definitely yeah, right now, um, from, floater, from floater range, he's making 60% of his shots, which is 99%. Damn, in the center? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Touch. He's got, yeah, he's got crazy touch. And so that's why he's this high up. Chris Stops, he's coming back after his injury. He's playing a lot. He has,
1: bro. He was trash and I
2: was hating on him. And remember, what did you call him? The, what, what did you call him? Anthony Tolliver? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> No, he's put that um, part. He's put that behind him now. Um, yes, his, his rim protection. I still don't think it's where it was before, um, but it's above average at least, and it's probably. And bro, what better. if he was still in New and York with with what they got going on in New York right now? That would be lit. That's a good. He'd be such a good fit in New York right now. Oh, yeah. dude! Because they need a shooter too. That would be crazy. Yeah, they could rip re- that. that that's a fun thing to think about. He would be playing pretty well there right now.
0: Sling up three balls.
2: Yeah, so I've got Focus. Porzingis at 10, Valanchunas at 11. I really like Valanchunas. He's not the most versatile center, but he crashes the offensive glass. He's efficient. He's just he the does. big, burly guy who defends the rim. He can defend any center in the post. Um, he's just kind he of that, yeah. He's just that classic enforcer type. Number 12, I've got Yusuf Nurkic here. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Nurk coming off of his injury. His mobility has looked great. Um it his has. Rim, his rim protection is pretty awesome. He blocks a ton of shots. Uh, the offense, he can pass it, which is cool, I guess. But his efficiency is just kind of unacceptable. Dude, he's he
1: team. disappoints me so much offensively. He, he probably has like... I would say he, uh, there's a lot of young players in this tier, but he has so much potential, dude. He has so much skill and feel for the game. And you see that through his passing and he does show good touch, but he, it's just like, I don't know. Like there's times when it feels like he just like his brain shuts down or something like that. Like he he, like gets an open pass and he like looks at the rim and he just like flips something up and it's like, you, what are you doing? Like you're a huge guy. And like, we've seen you poster people yeah and like just do just go up strong and he just like flicks it up and it's like what are you doing like what's the point of that it's so frustrating or like we talked about that time when he um in that game recently when he took that third foul or whatever that was and it was like a a dumb move and it's like what are you doing he just frustrates me so much
2: yeah and he shot 54 percent at the rim which is seventh percentile for centers so pretty lackluster but I mean, he's got such good tools defensively, but like does. being a seven footer, 280 pounds, but with the mobility he has, oh, he has incredible body control. He, yeah. it amazes
1: me when he like, um, is going for a block and I'm like, he's going to foul him. Like you can kind of see that before the play. You know what I mean? Like the way that the mm-hmm. guy's attacking the rim and the way he's approaching, it, you can kind of see it develop and it's going to, yeah. you think it's going to be a foul, but he avoids it. He has great body control for his size. I can't even. I don't even know how he does that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very impressive. And then 13, I had Al Horford, who um, he's getting a little bit older. But, I mean, he's still a versatile player on both ends. He's not a switchable defender in the sense that he once maybe was. But he can still get out and hedge at the screen and backpedal and sort of play that cat and mouse game really well. On And he's still physical. He still can guard a bunch of centers in the post-recall um when he was a member of the celtics he gave um and a lot of troubles in that playoff series when was that um 2018 i want to say so um, he can, he's definitely a good post defender and then on offense he can pass he can shoot like he's just a very well-rounded player who makes his teammates better the chemistry he developed with shade gilgis alexander this season was very impressive i think those two play off each other really well mm-hmm. And so I think Horford, he might still have some miles left on his tires, and that's why he's in tier two.
1: Yeah, I agree. Dude, I was thinking about this. This is a little bit unrelated, but we're just talking about Horford and then Embiid.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: crazy that the Sixers didn't win with Jimmy Butler. Like, that. they were stacked with Jimmy on their squad, bro. The big three of Simmons, Jimmy, and Embiid. Like, obviously, we saw Jimmy kind of, like, take on a whole new, like – look and stuff when he got to Miami, but he's, he's been a a beast, bro. And that's just crazy.
2: I mean, yeah. And, um, and it's a game seven roll in shot. You know what I mean? But right. And that, that Raptors team was really good. Especially. They were really good, dude. Especially. playing that playoffs, like, I mean, honestly, to come as close as they did to taking down that team, that's like, yeah, that's that's true. Impressive. That's true. I didn't watch that much of that series, and I wish I would have. Yeah, it was it was very fun. Um, Embiid, he had some really good games. I think game four, he was I. He had one game where he went off, but yeah. overall, maybe a bit of an underwhelming um, series. So, any any thoughts about that before we move on to the next tier, or are we still in agreement for the most part? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Is there a certain player that I've left out that you wouldn't have? I mean, maybe who is it? Maybe a certain 2021 NBA All Star.
0: Huh. Wait, did you leave Montrezl out of tier two? Well,
2: well yeah, we haven't. I we haven't gotten to Montrez. Oh wait, who? So let's get to tier three. These I named this tier mid-range starters, great backups. Oh, are you are you talking about Vucevic? Yes. I'm talking about <laughs> damn bro. Damn, I <laughs> forgot about him Yeah. This this tier goes 14 to 19. At 14, and keep in mind that within tiers, like they can go anyway. Like, um, I'd like the bottom tier, the bottom guy in this tier, number 19. If you put him over my top guy in this tier, number 14, like I'd be perfectly fine with it. So number 14, Christian Wood. Number 15, Jakob Purtle. Number 16, <laughs> Nikola Vucevic. Number 7, DeAndre Aiden. Number 18, Robin Lopez. And number 19, the center that nobody wanted, the center that got traded for nothing, Daniel Tice.
1: I love Daniel. Oh, he, I don't like Daniel at all. Um, Wait, okay, honestly, exactly. I think, I, I, think good, I could see. Though. Huh?
0: I like DeAndre Aiden.
1: That's what I was going to say. I feel like he maybe could go a little bit higher. On that list, but he has—he's kind of been inconsistent. Like, there's been I would go as far
0: stuff, to say but... that I would rather have DeAndre Aiden than Kristaps Porzingis, bro.
2: What What are we really buying into with Aiden? Like, I—I I think he's a fine player, but what does he really do, like, on an elite level? Besides maybe rebound. Yeah, maybe nothing. Isn't else. that elite what you level? want from
0: a center anyway?
2: Yeah, but I we're in the mid-range starters great backups and i think that's exactly what he is because he can play in the pick and roll he defends the sin he defends the rim at adequate level his defensive versatility is average maybe slightly above he sets good screens his mid-range game isn't awesome he can finish around the hoop well like Mm -hmm. he's just an average center and there's nothing wrong with that he and he's still young he's still going to improve but that's a fair t- – yeah, I, that,
1: those are good points. And we'll – this, this year's playoffs could kind of change that opinion. We'll see how oh, he responds yeah. to that. But we need to be talking about Vucevic. <laughs> and, okay, before the Chicago trade, I think I would have been, like, tearing that opinion up and with, like, mm-hmm. my opinion. But Chicago has been horrible. And I don't understand how you pair a supposed all-star center with Zach Levine who's been phenomenal this year and they're that bad like they're losing they're just losing aren't they am i wrong
0: no they lost to the warriors you know you're bad when you lose to the warriors
1: (laughs) no but yeah they've been bad and so how with that how could how can vucevic be good how can he be that good
2: yeah it's it's personal. funny because Vucevic and Levine are both players who I've been very critical of. At yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of mended my fences with Levine, Vucevic still not a fan. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Vucevic guy. I'll. I'll give. I'll give you my spiel. Like we can say with Rudy Gobert that he's a kind of limited sinner, not super versatile defensively, and I think that's like he can do a little bit, but he's fairly limited.
0: We're losing Jonah. Like, An almost
2: athletic. He's every, kind of just bound um, to the paint.
0: Hey, big boy. Just repeat the last paragraph
2: that you just
1: said. Dude, he's not gone. Yet, we, lo- we lost <laughs> don't him. Re- don't repeat it yet.
0: <laughs> Jonah is Jonah's not with us right now. He's dropping some <laughs> serious knowledge. He is, bro. I corroded. wish I could hear. He's freaking gone. Jonah, if uh-huh. you can hear me.
1: <laughs> Damn, bro. He is frozen. <laughs> Jonah. I wonder if you he can hear us.
0: Jonah, if you can see us, hear us, or anything, rejoin. Sign out, rejoin. It's okay. What's up, Channon?
1: What's going on, bro?
0: <laughs> the Bulls are not a good basketball team, though.
1: Oh, well, they're a bad basketball they, team, bro. They
0: beat the Cavs, lost to the Grizzlies, lost to the Magic, lost to the Grizzlies, lost to the Timberwolves, lost to the Hawks, and their last win was against the Raptors on April 8th.
1: Damn. Dude, all right. Here's a point that's good to make in this dynamic. <laughs> Steph is going easy, dude.
0: Uh, yeah. That's what I'm it saying. is.
1: I feel bad for him because if he was in the top five in the West, clear MVP at this point. Yeah. But because of his situation, you can't really make him an MVP nope. when there's the other candidates are at the tops of their conference. You know what I, I mean? Like I guess Joel makes it the though. top of the conference.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time he makes a big three, I'm gonna step MBV. No, but I completely I completely I completely understand that notion because it's when you're barely when you're barely making it into the play playoff tournament, it's hard to make a case, you know.
1: I know it's hard to get that attention, but damn, dude, he is like I don't history. understand the shots he makes, dude. We're
0: witnessing history, dude. That his no, hook shot from beyond the three point 1-
1: I don't understand yeah. that, bro. And, but just the threes he takes where he like loses the dribble. And then immediately as he's like regathering, the dribble is pulling up into a shot and he makes yeah. it a three.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't understand how you can do that. And here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. So an example, I, a lot of times when I'm shooting hoops, I mimic clay Thompson shot because it's such a textbook shot. Yep. And I feel like that's like, if you're going to mimic a player shot, that's the guy you should learn from because his shoulders so square mm-hmm. his the it's such a straight line movement. But Steph isn't really something you can mimic. It's so... It's like fluid.
0: Fluid, it just goes straight up.
1: Yeah, and it's it's honestly not a good shot to try to mimic. Like, fundamentally, I don't think it'll help you trying to shoot like Steph as it will trying to shoot like Clay. But Steph is so butter. It's so crazy. Yeah, he just plays to his
0: um, frame and just his skill set so well. Like, he doesn't... I don't know. He's just so good it's insane and the shots the confidence he has is ridiculous no i think that's a big part of
1: it too it's like he just knows that he just knows what he can do i guess and like he's the winning that he's done has gotten him all this confidence that even on a losing team he like feels like a winner and so he's just throwing shit up and And he goes in
0: exactly it his ability to finish too i feel like is kind of underrated the, uh, yeah his, his well it's ba- just because he
1: has such crazy touch
0: his touch off the glass is ridiculous he's just he has floaters that i'm like that's too high that's rimming out
1: no yeah i think he's right the only shooter where his shooting is so special that it translates to finishing if that makes sense just because his hand mm-hmm. and the ball their relationship is so good hey we were just uh we were praising stephen curry <laughs> since we're talking about centers
2: Okay, where were we? What were, I, was, I completely lost my train of thought. What were we talking about before?
1: Oh, we were talking. You were talking about Vuce, Vucevic being like um, limited and like you know what I mean. Oh, sure, yeah.
2: So I think yeah, we were talking about it with Gobert. Yeah, he, uh, he really mostly plays drop coverage, and he might have a little bit more versatility within that system because he's a little bit like faster, so he can get out and kind of hedge at the screen and drop back to the room. Vucevic, he's pretty much just bound to the paint and he doesn't even defend the rim. Well, like when Vucevic is, no, he's team, horrible teams are teams are going to get shots up at the rim. Um, here I can pull up those stats really, really quick. Um, and what you do get with Vucevic is you get three point shooting. Like he's a 40% three point shooter and that's cool, mm. but he's not a great passer. he's not a guy you run your offense no. through like Nicole Jokic. Um, much is made of his touch around the basket but i mean i agree Rob, robin robin lopez shoots a better percentage from floater range than this well, does with his like funky little hook shot so like the jump shot doesn't really translate to more points and he never gets to the line so he's really not an extremely efficient offensive player like sure he makes a lot of threes but he kind of cancels that out with an inefficient mid-range game
1: well yeah and also like it it, it reaches a point where like you can be really good at one thing but if your game has just such huge holes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, that doesn't matter that much. Like if you have, okay, let's say, yeah, you shoot 40% from three as a big, but anyone can score on you. So what does that? If
2: you can make a three and then they come
1: back and get a layup, what's that matter? You know what I mean? Right. And here,
2: here I got the stat. Um, during his time in Orlando this season, opponent shot 7% better at the rim when he was in the game. That's third percentile in the NBA. During his during his time in Chicago so far, opponents have shot 6.8% better at the rim. That's four per, fourth percentile in the NBA. So, yeah. So, yeah, just such miserable rim protection numbers for Vucevic. And when you're pretty much bound to the paint on defense and you can't even do that well, like that's just nah, No,
1: dude, I'm, I would – this is – yeah, this completely – honestly, this conversation completely changed my opinion about Vucevic because I, I put him as an all-star when we were doing our predictions, I think, actually. But I think he is the prime example of someone who gets empty stats. Like, he can – he scores, but, right. like, he's one of those players where if he's not doing the scoring, someone else is just going to do it. It yeah. doesn't
2: – it's not necessarily that meaningful. Like, because – Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, like 40% from three, that's awesome. It's also probably primed for regression. But if it's sustainable, it's super awesome. But when when you can't when you can't really pass it that well, like he's an above average passing center, but you're not running your offense through him. So he can't really pass it. He's not really efficient from the mid-range or close to the basket compared to other centers. He's not efficient from the mid-range or close yeah, to the that's, basket. yeah Ah, uh, he never gets to the line, and so we, he becomes less of an offensive center and more of a center who can make threes. And yeah. there, there is inherent value there. Like he spaces the floor, that makes things easier for other guys. But that's why he. Right. The 16th center, not the...
1: Yeah, third. because is that more value? There is value, like you said, but is that value more than having a better-rounded center who's worse at making threes? I don't think yeah, so.
2: I, yeah, and I, I would agree. Like, yeah. I think we've said what we need to about Vucevic. Honestly, he's a guy who I could see falling down this list, especially um, considering, like you were saying, Chan, and the early returns in Chicago haven't been great.
1: He will never be an all-star again, I'll tell you that
2: much. I think that's fair. And they gave up two first-round picks and Wendell Carter to acquire him. Plus, he's not young. And, and yeah, and he's not young. He's in his 30s. And I
1: don't know why they thought acquiring him makes sense at all. We talked about that, I think, but that makes no
2: sense. Yeah, especially when the opportunity cost is now they're not going to have cap space to go out and sign a free agent this summer. So. <laughs> And they gave us <laughs> first first-round picks for that privilege. And yeah. Levine's going to be out for COVID for the next w- two weeks, and so they might Perfect. not be playing game this year. So, Perfect, dark yeah. times in Chicago. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a Bulls fan. I'd be cursing my front office. Um, not getting <laughs> a job in the, the, the front Blazers office. I think the Blazers hit any home runs at the trade deadline, but I think, <gasps> oh, I think it's safe to say we fared better than Chicago. Um, yeah, yeah so, so I
1: think well, that's another conversation. No, no, go head. ahead. go ahead, finish. No, it's unrelated, bro. I just I think that Terry Stotts is beefing with Blazer players. I don't think him and Gary got along. I think that's I thought that remember he was talking about not feeling appreciated. I think it yeah. was from Terry. I think that's I think that's the case. And then and we're seeing
2: Derek didn't play tonight. Yeah. And, and he wasn't rested. He just he got benched. Yeah. And then in Gary's post-game press conference, after he dropped the 44-point game, um, the reporter said, Gary, what what about being on the Raptors? Why do you do this? And he's like, oh, just having the coaching staff believe in me. So, Yeah, I there you go, dude. I I, wow. I think, yeah,
0: I don't That's know, frustrating. Freaking, I
1: want, um, what's her name from San Antonio, the assistant coach? Becky
2: Hammond, yeah. That's what I be, want. That would be sick. Do it. That would be sick. That's what I want. Yeah. And so the other guys we've gotten this tier, Christian Wood, he he's a prime candidate to move up this list. Like Yes, he is. I haven't seen enough from him yet. Like he just hasn't played enough and he's always been on like crappy teams. So he'll
1: tell you who he is, he is too, didn't he tell you? Didn't he say he was like supposed to be an all-star or something like that like
2: he should have been has had some funny quotes this year because he also said that there wasn't enough ball movement on the rockets which can be translated as there's not enough ball movement to christian wood on the rockets. yeah <laughs> so, but but yeah he's an intriguing sinner because he can hit threes he actually has got some stuff off the dribble like he's pretty athletic he likes to he can get yeah. to the. he can get to the rim he can get to the pull at mid-range that really early season game, not the first one, not the second game of the season, but the Blazers had a game in like January against the Rockets, and Christian Wood had a huge game there. And um, he was
1: tearing us up. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's a very talented young guy. He's a little bit too skinny, in my opinion. Um, he's not a very you good. You can redone. fix that. Yeah, and I he's and he's got fine shot blocking instincts. So I'm not going to say he has great defensive instincts, but I mean he can block shots and so. Yeah, I think there's hope for him on that end. I'd still put him at slightly below average defensively. He's sick. Yeah. Jakob Perl at 15. Bro, he so, impressed me when the Blazers played, dude. Was I was not like, bad, Man. Huh? he's a dude. Him and you bro, they've
1: got something kind of cool going on in San Antonio with their settings.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jakob yeah, Perl, he's just a wonderful, wonderful rim protector. Oh, yeah. He blocks a ton of shots. He's impossible to score on, and he just gobbles up rebounds. He's just. A brick wall at the rim.
0: James Wiseman's got that boy's number.
1: Yes, sir. James Wiseman sucks. Dude, why? No. How did the Spurs...
0: Flashback, flashback. I was talking about James Wiseman had a good game against the Spurs, and Shannon's like, who's one of the centers on the Spurs? I say, Jakob Pertl. And you're like, who even is that? And now (laughs) we're talking about him.
1: (laughs) Okay, wait. How did San Antonio spank Phoenix. The day yes. after playing us in a close game, I was I, like, okay, the, I, I was like, Devin Booker probably didn't play. They played.
2: Yeah, and Chris Paul played. Phoenix had yeah. their full cover of players. I actually am excited. I haven't gotten around to it, but I'm actually planning to go back and watch that one because it is just such a striking result when you look at the yeah, score. And but it I, looked
1: like it looked like one of the ones where San Antonio just like established themselves early because looking at the box score, it looked like Phoenix's stars only played like 20, 25 minutes. So I imagine it yeah. was like, an early blowout
2: yeah i'm probably not i'm probably not gonna watch that whole game but i want to go back and like see the first quarter to see what happened when san antonio really took control of that game
1: yeah dude i don't know
2: so yeah yep we've got we've talked um this will be the last year where we, we kind of talk about every player individually and then we can just start moving on to just names that stick out but at 18 i have robin lopez i love robin lopez like dude I think, yeah when
1: the Blazers played the Wizards, I was like, damn, Robin. Like, did not know that was in there still.
2: He is just a force rebounding the ball. Like, his individual rebounding numbers are never impressive, but boy, can that guy just box out. Like, it is a clinic. It's so impressive. And his floater, it's so funky, but. He just hits an incredible amount with that weird little sweeping side armed hook shot. Like it's yeah. so weaker, but Dude. he makes it, he sets just physical body blows of screens. Dude. Like he lays some wood out there and then he also protects the rim. Like he's so hard to score in at the rim. Like um, the Robin Lopez, he would be up with like his brother and Klinka Like he would be a tier two center if but he can only play 20 minutes a game. Like he just doesn't. Yeah, play bro. As he used to.
1: And his Canter has been great for us this year, but imagine how good Lopez this season would have been for us off yeah. the bench.
2: Yeah. I think it kind of raised some eyebrows when the wizards gave him 7 million this offseason. I I think he's worth that. He's. I, yeah. I love Robin Lopez. Like, um And I knew I loved Robin Lopez, but then when I made this list, this just kind of reaffirmed it. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Like, yeah, he he really is. He's awesome. That's a good player. take. If if he could if he could play more than twenty minutes a game, and maybe he can. I I don't know, but he's he's getting a little older, so I think it's fair to say maybe maybe his days as like a thirty minute a game starter are behind him. But as a backup, as a starter who only plays twenty, yes, you're not, not going to do better than Robin Lopez.
1: No, especially like even as he keeps getting older, bro, like there's some teams where they're they're looking for their center to play 30 minutes a game. So he can come in and give you 10, 15 solid ones holding yeah. down the defense and getting your rebounds.
2: And I think um, there's an interesting, this is an interesting discussion too because certain rim protection ages better than others. Like a guy like Capella, I don't think he'll age well because he's a little bit undersized. And so much of his rim protection comes from athleticism and shot blocking. A guy like, um, let's say, Mark Gasol or Robin Lopez, who are just super physical guys at the rim. Like, I think that ages a lot better because if anything, they're getting stronger as they get older. Yeah. That's kind of the main skill they use. Those big body guys. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, so I'm a huge Lopez guy, and then Daniel Tice rounds out this tier. I the man. I think he's just a really smart basketball player. Like his help defense is really impressive. Like he's 6'8", but he blocks a ton of shots. He's always in the right position. He's pretty mobile too. Like he can get out and hedge on the screen. He's not a full-on switch defender. He can switch maybe in late clock situations, but it's not like his forte. But I I just think he's just a very solid defensive guy. Like not he just doesn't get out of position. He doesn't really make mistakes. And on offense, I think he's maybe – He doesn't really do anything great on offense, but he's like adequate at a lot of things. Like he'll get some cleanup buckets and stuff like that. Yeah. And he he can hit mid Rangers. He shoots like 30% from three. So he can space the floor, maybe like at a 70th percentile clip for centers. His screens are fine. He rolls to the basket well, but he's not exactly a high flyer, which kind of limits what he can do in the pick and roll. But yeah, I think he's just kind of a really well-rounded player who doesn't make mistakes on defense. And I think, guys who don't make mistakes on defense are kind of limited as we um, get down this list, especially considering the versatility Tice has. I think the Celtics are going to ruin the day where they traded Daniel Tice.
1: Yeah.
2: I think he would have, they they won yesterday. I think Daniel Tice would have helped them a lot when Stephen yeah. Curry was detonating.
0: Yeah. Wait, is Tristan Thompson their center?
2: Yeah, now trip. I actually think in high leverage um minutes we're gonna see him do what they did last year in the Raptors series, which was going with Grant Williams at center. I think that's a good look for he's a Celtics. bruiser,
0: He's threes too.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the other thing with Tyce too. Like he fouls a little bit too much, so which kind of limits the amount it's like
1: Zach time. Collins back in the days when he was on the
2: court. We'll get we'll get to Zach Collins. I still have a sliver of hope left for well, I Zach. I forgot about so him. He, We'll get to them. All right. It's easy so, to forget about.
1: It's been several years. <laughs> yeah.
2: So there are 19 guys in my list or in my tier four low-end starters, solid backups. I'll just read them all off, then we can talk about the interesting names at the end. Or actually just interrupt me. Just interject if you hear a guy you want to talk about. I'll okay. I'll read them off. Um, Jared Allen, Chris Boucher, Montrez Harrell. Serge Ibaka, Avitza Zubots, Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel, Kavon Looney, Dwight Howard, Mark Gasol, Nick Claxton, Ennis <clears throat> Cantor, Isaiah Stewart, Mitchell Robinson, Thomas Bryant, Robert Williams, Mason Plumley, Wendell Carter Jr., JaVale McGee.
0: Dude, there's some solid ass players in that tier.
1: The, the thing is, there was players I wanted to interrupt, but that we've already like made points about them on the pod. I feel like like we've talked about um just like how huge adding Sergi Baca could potentially be and has been for the Clippers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um dude, I'm i je- I'm kinda jealous of Toronto, bro. With Chris Boucher, Gary Trent Jr., the future. The future is bright in Toronto, bro.
2: Yeah. It was just a crazy moment for me, just as a say, or as a little tangent, to see Gary Trent get guarded by Lou Dort today, just because you think back to, like, when he was on the Blazers, like, Lou Dort was guarding Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum probably had the second-best perimeter defender. And Damn, bro. And Gary probably had, like, Teo Maladon on him. And just, like, now he's being guarded by the best, guard defenders in the entire NBA. So just kind of where he's gone now as a player. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: That's crazy. Did you guys see when uh, Boucher hit that clutch three and then ran into OKC's coach? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was funny. Off the Gary assist.
1: Yeah. That was sick. Oh, yeah. I saw that, bro. And he was, oh, it made me so mad. He was attacking the paint so nice, bro. Like yeah. I said, he couldn't do. yeah
2: It's Terry's fault. The one that got away. Maybe. Yeah, so you brought up Serge Ibaka. I've been a little bit disappointed. He's had these lingering back issues this year, and he, yeah. he looks a little bit um,
1: different. He looks, he's,
2: he looks like he's might be dwindling to a close. He's definitely not the athletic room protector. He wasn't his OKC. Day. Yeah, no. In the freaking this championship season, he would have been way higher Ooh. on this list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say prime Serge Ibaka. He's up there with, like, Miles Turner and Rashawn Holmes, yeah, up in that tier two last year. A even on the Raptors, he's probably in the tier above, but and I I still like him because I mean, I, I think see, he's still a really valuable center, honestly. Yeah, like I, all things considered. And I think maybe if he can put these back issues behind him, but I he's just looked a little bit washed up this year, and just a yeah, little bit. yeah, so I mean, a, I feel like. Hopefully,
1: when playoff time comes around, he might be able to dig down and kind of bring some of that beast back out, but
2: we'll see. I really hope so. And because I do think he would make a huge difference for the Clippers. And they also have Aviza Zubots, who's in this tier as well. Um, yeah. He's this past age like
0: five. Never mind.
2: Yeah, Aviza Zubots, like, he's just, I hate to say it, but he's just kind of a boring player. I feel oh, like. Oh, super boring, bro. He just kind of does that uh, he's just kind of okay like yeah the yeah. one thing i'll say about zubats is he like flubs some easy shots at the rim sometimes but he's a wonderful rebounder he sets like good screens he's yeah. really athletic, but he's like a big body at the rim so he can deter some shots he's not a great shot blocker but yeah that's i don't know not much to say about zubats um kellen do you want to talk about kavan looney
0: oh get those offensive boards get those putbacks baby let's go let me pull some dude he's been ferocious last couple games getting offensive rebounds extending possessions getting multiple opportunities to let Steph (laughs) shoot his three ball and also clutch putbacks like when we're down low or something and somebody misses a shot he's always there and he's just been massive for us especially because Draymond he gets a little outsized sometimes playing the five, even though he's physical. But without we- Wiseman, it's Kavon Looney or Bust. Because we don't one, have of the. Minute. Except Allen. One of
2: the things that was striking to me as they did my research for this podcast was I was going over Kavon Looney's defensive Raptor for the past like five or six seasons. And the thing that really stuck out to me was that in 2018-19, he was one of the best defensive centers in the league. 2019-20, he was like a really solid defensive center Uh, or not 2019 20 sorry that was the year he didn't play so 2017 2018 he was an elite defensive center 2018 19 he was still a really great defensive center He was a big
0: part of our run in the playoffs
2: this year he's slightly above average defensively so he went from elite to pretty good and i don't think he's gotten injuries though i don't i don't think he's gotten worse i just think the warriors personnel has gotten a lot worse and i think kabon looney his skill set really fits into teams with elite defensive personnel because he's so versatile yeah. and he can switch and he can like defend on the perimeter but still defend the paint. Yeah, he, he's
0: yeah he's a good fit yeah. on the Warriors though because he doesn't have to handle any of the offensive load. Like that's just not his game. You know, like oh
2: he, right, but I I think like if he was on a team, I think if he had better defensive teammates or not better because the Warriors have good defenders, but if he had yeah. like more versatile defensive teammates, I think. Like, like if he if he played on the Brooklyn Nets, like if if you replaced anybody on
0: the Brooklyn, Nets if you replaced
2: good. Nick Claxton with Kavon Looney, <laughs> I think I think like ESPN would be like singing Looney's praises from the rooftops, like a Looney Tune. Yeah, I, I, because I think Looney, he's an awesome defensive player. So I like yo. He,
0: he just runs like a seven-year-old man.
2: You guys
1: remember uh, Festus Azili? Yes. Yeah.
0: Best bro and he was like is? kind of a
1: beast and then he got traded to the blazers and i was like okay let's go and then he never played
0: what about kent Bazemore? absolutely dead eye sniper from beyond the arc clean shot on the on one of the cleaner shots in the must west. be
1: talking about a different kent Bazemore. because no, i'm that's talking about the kent, the Bazemore kent Bazemore I
0: know. on the golden state that's War, not dude. the
1: kent Bazemore. R- yeah, rip city <laughs> nose
0: wait jonah what did he do that made
2: you say he's an ass or what did you say? Didn't you say like I just He's done a lot. I, oh, um he got he got a technical.
0: Oh, uh, what did he do? I was I was switching back and forth between UFC, the Giants
2: and NBA. Uh he was just complaining towards the refs. It was towards the very end of the first half. Yeah.
0: But to counter your point low key about our defensive players and stuff.
2: No, like, I'm not saying the Warriors are bad like we, the Warriors they're one of the top. Defensive. Aren't we top ten in defense? Yeah, they're a really good defensive team. It's just they don't they don't really play to like Looney's strength. They don't do like a lot of switching and a lot of like that scheme versatility.
0: True. Of thing. Yeah. Speaking so, of playing to playing.
2: strengths,
1: another person in this tier, Ennis Cantor, bro. There's mm-hmm. times I swear we could run the ball down the floor and get it to Cantor, and he's gonna put it in seventy yes. percent of the time. Yeah. And there's times when our offense is so cold, and I'm like, why not just give it to Ennis Cantor?
2: Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating, bro. It's so frustrating. No, I agree. Especially considering most of the backup centers he goes against, like, he could just consume them.
1: Yes, he has some of the best touch. Dude, like, there's plays when we play the Jazz, and he just tears up Rudy Gobert, bro, with his little – he's got great footwork, and like I said, good touch. Oh, it's so frustrating. He – yeah, he's a terrible defender, but –
2: yeah uh Channon, this is your guy and you you were on him way before any of us so i'll let you talk about him but nick claxton number 30 on the list the riser accident you know the
1: weird thing is someone i don't remember how i got on this way of thinking but um when he was i don't know if he was a rookie or what but i well how how what year is he in right now
2: isn't this just his sophomore year If I'm okay
1: you? yeah so it was when KD was on the Nets, but he wasn't playing yet. And someone's like, something about Nick Claxton kind of reminded me of KD, like the way he was moving or something like that. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Like he's a center. And I was just like, that's kind of sick or something. And then yeah, I think I was watching them and he had like an actually impressive game. And I was like, damn. And so I was kind of writing off that. Yeah. And that was my opinion on him. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then he's kind of been showing those
2: stripes lately. He's going to be huge for them, I think, especially in yeah. the playoffs. Just his ability to switch and guard a lot of players. I the the time that really like when I was like sold on Claxton was seeing him guard C.J. McCollum in that game, yeah. the Blazers, because he just got he's so shifty, he got some of the best handles in the league. We talk about it all the time, and Claxton just stonewalled him. Yeah, no, yeah, I think
1: um, that's something a lot of the people have been criticizing about the Nets is like their rim protection like they have dj who's kind of washed but um yeah bro you got this young guy claxton yeah potential lots of
2: potential there yeah i think he could be huge i think the big thing against cox and he's just kind of small light in the shorts like he's not gonna play definitely yeah he's not gonna play in a 76ers series that's oh god oh god no uh, his offense, like this is the tough thing about evaluating a lot of the Nets players. Like, his offense has been pretty good and he's been really efficient around the basket, but he doesn't really do much. So, how good would he really be offensively if he's not playing with like the best offensive players of all time? Like, yeah, bro, I promise I'm averaging 10 a game if you put me on the Nets roster, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I think I been, he's he's gonna be an insanely valuable player for the Nets this year. Like, I think he's gonna be kind of one of their X factors in the playoffs this year this year yeah but like if you dropped him on the i don't know just a random team like if you put him on the indiana pacers like is he i don't is he really helping them that much i mean maybe, maybe actually maybe he could help the pacers a little bit but my point is like um if you dropped him on most teams like for most teams in the league, I'd probably rather have, like, Ennis Cantor or Dwight Howard. Yeah, or
1: Oh, yeah. The, the Nets are one of those situations that the Warriors were for a long time where they make any player look better because the surrounding yeah. cast is so impressive.
2: And um, that and with the surrounding cast that has, like um, – so much talent you can afford to have players with really specific deficiencies if they really excel in a certain skill like Claxton he's so mobile and he's got such good feet for a center and the Nets are willing to absorb all of his shortcomings in other areas because that one skill is so good whereas maybe other teams wouldn't have like the roster to absorb some of Claxton's weaknesses good
1: point definitely yeah I think the Nets can could make a lot of players look better than they maybe are.
2: And that could be the case with Nick Claxton, but yeah. Yeah. And he's still young too. So that's just yeah. another thing. Bro, does, um,
0: sub- does bonus count as a center?
2: That Yeah, that's a good point. He was on the borderline for me. I just, he really. I feel like,
1: I feel like I wouldn't just because of Miles Turner being on the, on the team. You know?
2: Yeah, that's kind of the tiebreaker for me too. Yeah. But I mean, he's center height. I think on a lot of teams, he probably would place. Where would he though. place? Tier three? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Uh I'd say probably tier two. You'd be fringe. With cat? No, i I'd, I'd probably No, not three. that tier. Tier Two probably his own.
0: it goes I tier don't... one, cat, tier three.
2: Okay, then tier three. I'd probably have them in tier four. I'd probably have them like between Pearl and bucevich
1: Wait, name the bottom damn, name what? Damn! Damn!
2: He's just another one where I think like the defense is just, it's just not there. And I think he looks a lot better because he plays with one of the best run protectors in the NBA. That's fair. I think so. I think it's definitely better than Vucevic, more valuable than Vucevic. And his offense is fine. Like he, he passes really well for a spinter or power forward, but he can't really shoot threes. His mid ranger is just okay. He's really good at posting up against smaller defenders, but he looks terrible if he ever tries to post up against like a Jonas Valenciunas, or Mm -hmm. he basically dominates any player that's smaller than him, but any player that's bigger than him, he just becomes completely ineffective. So So he needs he needs a bigger player next to him in order to get those smaller matchups. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. But um also though, like even with Miles Turner, like a lot of times people put people play um Sabonis with their center and Miles Turner with their power forward just because Turner is more of an outside shooting type of guy, he doesn't get a lot of rebounds. But I I think your point is super um, valid, like on defense, because I think Turner Turner really compensates for Sabonis on defense. So, yeah, we'll talk about Sabonis when we do power forwards, but I wouldn't be super high on him as a center. I'm probably not super high on him as a power forward. I think he's another one of these kind of, I don't want to say fake all-stars, but him and Vucevic, I personally wouldn't have voted them as Fluke all-stars? Yeah, or maybe just all-stars. One and Dunners? How many points per game they score. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, are you guys Dad ready? All stars? The- yeah. Okay. Are you guys ready for the next year from 39 to 54? Damn, yeah. This time I'll right, read 50. I'll read through them fast and then we'll talk about all the names at the end. Yeah. All right. 39, DeAndre Jordan, Derek Favors, Kim Birch, Bismack, Biombo, Tristan Thompson, Alex Lynn, Hassan Whiteside, Jackson Hayes, Willie cauley Stein, Cody Zeller, Dwayne Dedman, John Henson, Demarcus Cousins, Gorgie Ding, Taj Gibson, Dwight Powell. I was watching
1: the the game today, the Knicks and the Pelicans, great game. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't like Jackson Hayes very much, dude. I'm not very impressed with him, honestly. I feel like something. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not impressed with the way he moves defensively. What is he viewed as? Is he viewed as more defensive or offensive? I'm not that familiar with him.
2: When he was coming out, people thought he was going to be like this Clint Capella, just like this super athletic guy who could block a lot of shots at the rim. And then be like an insane alley oop threat on offense.
1: Yeah, so he's definitely athletic, but I, it doesn't look like he understands how to play defense that well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's completely his, right. His body control and footwork does not set him up to make plays at the rim at all. And um, I just feel like he's an oversized um, bad guard, honestly, with with no guard skills yeah. um, because he doesn't he doesn't have defensive center like um the iq you know what i mean like that's yeah. missing he yeah. looks lost he looks lost on defense as a center i feel like
2: yeah i think that's a lot of a the time good assessment yeah his defense um and it's just so frustrating because he has the skills to be a good defensive center if he could ever like get it together but yeah you're completely yeah. right um the reason i had him in this tier is just because i think he has a lot of potential on offense like here, I'll pull up the stats from but he shoots. Yeah, him.
1: he's had some explosive dunks. I know that. Like he's yeah. definitely
2: been impressive. And some explosive blocks too. It's just oh. and he, he just dunks everything, which helps him a lot too. Like he's just an insane finisher at at the rim. Um yeah, he makes 72% of his shots there, which that's not super impressive, but he also takes 79% of his shots at the rim. So he just takes all of his shots at the rim and he converts. A pretty good percentage of him but yeah i think i think you're right i think his defense probably hurts a little bit although the pelicans they have been better defensively when he's been on the floor um looks like they force a few more turnovers when he's out there which honestly that's probably not really jackson hayes that's not really yeah yeah and opponents are shooting four percent better at the rim when hayes is out there that's not very good um he fouls quite a bit uh doesn't yeah not, not really an impressive rebounder
1: no yeah there i was i was watching him more than other players today another okay maybe we should have yeah, so about this i think you might be
2: right i think yeah. i think jackson he could probably move down this list
1: yeah well i mean you're kind of getting down there anyways to be fair but yeah. yeah okay wait quick quick sidebar i was thinking about this also I wonder what Zion's role would look like on a team with like several other good players. You know what I mean? Because he's such a unique player. I don't really know if I can see him as the first option on like a really good team. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: I don't know if maybe he's more valuable just being used as like someone you can throw the ball to, to dominate their way to a bucket instead of like you're like number one offensive creator. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a thought I had.
2: Yeah. I think if anything, like maybe somewhere in the middle, like maybe like a Giannis type of player where if he gets the rebound, you're more than happy to have him kind of push the ball up in transition. And there are certain points in the game where like having him as the ball handler is like a desirable way to run the offense, but you kind of need that half court point guard to kind of calm things down and like run a pick and roll for you every once in a while. So
1: that makes sense, yeah.
2: Yeah, I – yeah, that's – he's – it's just so hard to tell with him because he's just improving at such a rapid rate. And during this time when they've had a bunch of injuries and he has been, like, running point guard, like, he's done a pretty good job. And so I – Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, he did – yeah, he, I mean, he was making plays today, definitely. But, yeah, he had a big game.
2: Yeah, that be, that'll be fun when we get to the power forward rankings yeah. and get to talk about him a little bit.
1: Draymond. Okay, so um, who else on that list, on that um, tier, do you want to talk about?
2: Um, I mean, there's – I don't like Derek Favors. I think that might surprise – I just think Justin, he looks kind of washed up this year. Like, yeah. He's just so unathletic at this point, and he was already kind of undersized. I'm just – I'm just kind of – Wasn't
1: there kind of like some – like. At the beginning of the season, there was like some impressive like stuff from him, and then he's kind of just been like maybe like washed up now.
2: Yeah, and the defense is still good when he's on the floor. Yeah, but I and I just think he fits Quinn Snyder's system so well, and they're so familiar with him. And then going off of how he played New Orleans last year in the bubble, where he was so terrible and he looked so washed up, I just think his star is kind of falling. Um, yeah, definitely. Cody Zeller, I actually think he might be a tier above if he wasn't always hurt, but I actually think I like the way he plays.
1: Honestly, I don't, bro. Oh, really? I almost texted that today because I was kind of getting the same vibes where I was, like, look watching him, and I'm like, what are you doing? But then, like, a few minutes after I was thinking about that, he had that nice spin move on uh, Nurk. I don't know if you saw that play.
2: Yeah. That was a nice
1: take, but there was a couple times when I was like, that dude doesn't know what he's doing.
2: Yeah, I just think eh- – He's just kind of a solid. I think he sets good screens. He passes well. I just, I and he's got decent touch on like his hook shots and stuff. I, ju- I just think he's kind of a, he's a solid offensive big man. And he's like seven. Yeah. And yeah, he's not gonna kill you defensively, but he's not gonna help you. Like, I think he'd be a low-end starter, solid backup, but he's always injured, so I put him in the fine backup. Category. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really have, I have too much to say about these guys. I think we better just kind of go through the rest of the list really quickly and then we can get to some more macro takes at the end. Um, so tier six, I've got two tiers left. Tier six is unproven slash severe weaknesses. So either guys that I kind of like, but they oh, here never we go. Um, here we so go. yeah, I'll just go through these guys. <laughs> Naz Reed, Zach Collins, Xavier Tillman, Moses Brown, Daniel Gafford, Mo Bamba, Harry Giles, Drew Eubanks, Goga Batadze, Andre Drummond.
1: Oh, yes! Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Andre Drummond sucks, bro. I yeah. completely forgot about him. Let's go, dude. There's that a tier is below. A good this? Take.
0: Yeah, there's a tier, there's one more tier after. I want to hear the title for the tier below. <laughs> no, so.
1: no, yeah, Andre Drummond is um not very good, bro. He does not, I don't think he adds much value to a team, and I'm sure you have that same opinion, is why you put him yeah. as low as you did. What, what
2: he does well is is really rebound because his rim protection yeah. he's he's never on good defenses he doesn't really prevent shots at the rim or he blocks some shots but opponents tend to shoot better when he's at the rim so what he really does is rebound and yeah. when you look at and when you look at um his history throughout the league it's a pretty mixed bag like he's been on some teams where they rebound better when he's on the floor and he's been on some teams where they rebound a lot worse when he's on the floor and basically what that tells me is he's good at getting rebounds for himself but he doesn't really help his team rebound which is yes like the- bro He's like the anti Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez, he doesn't get a lot of rebounds for himself, but he bought No, and his teammates and his team always rebounds better when he's on the floor. Andre Drummond, he'll go up and get a board, but he doesn't really contribute to team rebounds. No, yeah, Andre Drummond's bad, bro. Good take. He, he is a liability on offense. He turns the ball over. Yes. and his shot selection's terrible. He takes. A he does of, not know what he's doing on offense at all. He takes a bunch of terrible hook shots. He makes weird passes. Oh, he's, God. he's so bad. And he can't hit free throws. He's like a 50 or 60% free throw shooter. So teams can just send him to the line and count on him missing his shots. So, yeah, he's a, he, is, like, he is a pretty terrible. The
1: player. Lakers have hugely downgraded their centers, in my opinion, from Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I would have to agree. I like both of those guys better than a lot of what they have on the roster right now certainly better yeah. than Andre Drummond. I think Montrez Harrell has filled in admirably while well, Anthony Davis has been hurt, but I was talking to Callum before the show, you're not signing guys in the off season based on who you want to fill in for Anthony Davis during 10 games in the regular season. You're signing them based yeah. on who you want in the Western conference finals. So, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Um, so Montrez Harrell lost in the playoffs last year. So uh, yeah, it was awful. And there were, there were some, there were,
0: What's up? Jonas having technical difficulties at the moment. He will be back with us
2: shortly. Does very well. Say that again. Yeah, I said I'm willing willing to give him another chance, but I just don't think that archetype, like undersized center, does very well. But he has been defending better with Frank Vogel as his coach, so we'll see. I think the jury. I'm I'm not a Harrell fan, but I'm willing to say the jury's still out because he has made some strides forward this year. So I'm excited to see. What he looks like in the playoffs. My hopes aren't high, but I'm willing to be surprised. I hope he surprises me. All right, Fair. so we'll, we'll get to the last tier. Is the last tier? Anybody...
0: Wait, let me guess
2: the title. Busts. <laughs> not no, thinking. the, the seventh tier is not currently not currently oh. the keyword here. Not fringe. Current, not currently good enough to play in the. Fringe,
0: fringe Division One player. Fringe
2: burger flippers. <laughs> and so this tier is the bottom 15 players on the list uh, and in order, but really loose order. Cause I mean, at this point you're just kind of like, yeah, who really cares who, but the guys are, wait, actually we haven't talked about Zach Collins yet. Right, He was on the tier above.
1: Oh like... yeah. 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 Dude. Okay. So here's the thing. Zach has such a good, like tenacity in the way he plays. He wants to win and you see that. And that's, I think what drives him. He's always had been in foul trouble is what it feels like to me when he's on the court is he's always in foul trouble, but he desperately wants to stop people from scoring. He showed a, he's shown very impressive um, mid range shooting ability. Yeah. Um,
2: even extending it to the three point line, honestly.
1: even extending it to the three point line. But I love that little, um, it's so hard to remember. It's been so long, but I, I think he had like a little short corner shot he would hit, mm-hmm. but or like extended baseline jumper. But He definitely was showing potential, but he cannot get on. He can't even – it's not even about staying on the court. It's about getting on the court.
2: Yeah, and the reason he's in the top of this tier for me and not the middle of the bottom tier is he had some real game-changing defensive moments in that series against the Nuggets.
1: Absolutely, bro. Yeah, he
2: has a lot of potential as a defensive center if he was healthy. He's, He's honestly a guy I could see rise up this list.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: I agree. All right. So n- now, sorry to tease everybody with the seventh list or so <laughs> with tier seven. Tier seven, not currently good enough to play real NBA minutes from 65 to 79. James Wiseman, Willie Hernan Gomez, Isaiah Hardenstein, Mo Wagner, Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, Luke Cornette, Boban Marjanovic, Tony Bradley, Ed Davis, Jalil Okafor, Bruno Fernando, Chimezi Metu, Onyeka Okungwu, Cristiano Felicia. Dude, Ed like
1: Davis. Was, yeah. Ed Davis was fun back in the day on the Blazers. Yeah. He used to he, be a
2: bully. He was really good. It's crazy how quickly he's fallen off because that was, what yeah. was that, like three years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was big off the bench for us. He did a lot of what Cantor does. He was just such a beast on the offensive rebound. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I'd say he was oh, quite a bit better defensively than Cantor was. Much better. He maybe Definitely. wasn't quite the score around the basket that NS yeah. like, which I think when you get as many offensive rebounds it helps to have that touch to immediately convert those to baskets but but I mean you know they say
1: that it's offensive rebounds are the best time to shoot three so yeah
2: that's true yeah and he he could make those he he was pretty good with those little kickout passes so yeah yeah, yeah James Wiseman we've talked about him a lot on the pod but um, I think he might find success as like an pick and roll big man. Cause he's athletic. He's got that big wingspan. He can get up for some pretty crazy alley-oops. He's almost like Giannis, like in the sense that he can dunk from places you wouldn't expect someone to dunk from. Like he can just like pick the ball up at the elbow and take one step. And all of a sudden he's dunking on someone, which is pretty spectacular, but he looked completely lost on defense. Any efficiency he gets by, um, converting shots at the rim, he immediately wipes that out by taking <laughs> Rangers and three-pointers. I honestly think making a bunch of those three-pointers at the beginning of the year was the worst thing that could have happened to him because he started thinking those were good shots for him. And he, <laughs> and That's facts. But yeah, um, I think the defense more than anything, he started to show flashes before he got hurt of maybe like switching. He can get out on the perimeter. He's got quick feet for a seven footer. I'll give him that, but yeah, he was pretty much ineffective. And the fact that he's not 20 yet and is already having cartilage issues, that's very worrisome. And I could care less that he's going to be out the rest of the season. Like, it honestly doesn't matter. He, like, the Warriors are certainly better off without him. Like, it's not a coincidence that this has been their big winning streak the past couple of weeks. But I think where it really is going to hurt is him missing Summer League. I think he, I think he really needed that. Um, time to kind of explore the studio space just play around in a simpler system as well because the Warriors they like Steve Gurr like I know a lot of Warriors fans on Twitter have given him a lot of crap for this he doesn't change his system he still plays the same offense that he ran when he had like Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson like and that's just a hard thing for a like 19 year old rookie who's never even played college basketball to come in and do. So it was just a really bad situation for him Yeah, and he didn't play well at all. And now he's got like a very difficult injury to recover from and he's not going to get summer league. This is going to be the second consecutive year where he's not going to have a real training camp. And so just, I feel for him, but yeah, just tough circumstances for why That
1: does suck. Yeah. That sucks.
2: But he there's he's not the lowest top ten pick in 2020 on this list. Onyeka Congu, he was the uh, what? Well, what was he the sixth or seventh? He was the sixth pick this year. Oh, yeah, the Hawks had the sixth pick. So the sixth overall pick is actually the second to last player. So not a good top ten for centers this year. No,
1: right?
2: some centers who are low on this list. Jalen Smith, the Suns drafted him at ten. He hasn't even played enough for me to have an opinion on him, so he didn't even make the list. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the top 79. Um, Kellen, do you have any Wiseman thoughts before we move into like more of a macro conversation?
0: Tune in next
2: year. Would you have him higher on this list based on what you've seen from him this year?
0: I mean, he said flashes of greatness, but, I mean, not a big sample size. I'm just saying, Whew. Steph... Kelly, Clay, Wiseman, Draymond, uh, freaking, I mean, I, I mean, our other guys aren't too daunting of names. Oh, Jordan Poole. Oh, I don't know. Sounds like a special team to me.
2: Next year. You're going to get Clay Thompson coming back. Um, And we're going to
0: re-sign Kelly.
2: Stephen Curry's clearly at the peak of his powers. Like, Draymond, he still has something left in the tank.
0: Draymond's solid, dude.
2: Like you're gonna, like the Warriors, they they could be competing. They they could win a playoff series next year. I think I think that's, I think that's fair to say. Watch out, Phoenix. As, Watch out, like, Phoenix. They, Just like, saying. so this is a team like the the Warriors. They're a team that could possibly be competing for home court advantage. Like maybe they could win a playoff series. Do you feel comfortable with Wiseman being the starting center on that team next year?
0: Yeah, put a little meat on his bones. Clean up that mid range. Because I, I
2: I'm I wouldn't be. I, no. I like if I'm trying to if I'm trying to win next year, I still don't think Wiseman's gonna be ready.
1: Yeah, I think the concerning part is that he's not gonna hardly be able to play before then.
2: Yeah. Like so he's gonna be like how is he supposed to be better than what he is right now? Things are gonna get worse before they get better for Wiseman. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, more macro thoughts. Um, who? So just based on like this past season, maybe last playoffs to where we are right now. Who's who? Who's risen the most in your guys' opinions? Hmm. Hmm. Oh wow! From how long ago? Just from the start of the playoffs last year. Um. Bam. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a great one.
1: Um, um, let's see who else is in there. Um, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Let me see. What about Miles Turner, no?
2: Yeah, I think he probably – yeah, I think – yeah, I, th- I think he's probably risen a little bit. I think that's fair to say. Like, I would have had Chris Dobbs above him last year. Like, yeah. probably Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Let me see. Two yours, Jonah. Yeah, I think you hit some of the important ones out of bio, definitely. Rashawn Holmes, definitely. You know, this is kind of weird because he's an older guy, but Robin Lopez, because... I was
1: going to say him, yeah, because because I don't think that his value was as, like, it was as clear as it is like right now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that he ha- had that ability still, but I just wasn't like, it's
2: clear to see. And, and last year he played in Milwaukee, which was perfectly set up to his strength. Um, they were the best defensive team in the league. but um, They had Giannis, who was a great rim protecting power forward. So the team he was on last year was pretty much perfectly catered to playing elite defense and perfectly catered to Robin Lopez's strength. And he was a bit roll, He was like, he Like, they would either go with Lo- Brooke Lopez at center, or they would go small ball with Giannis at center, or maybe sometimes go with Robin Lopez. So it kind of seemed like he was playing well in a tiny role that was perfectly catered. This year, he's on the Washington Wizards. I thought Washington was going to be the worst defense in the league. Maybe them are the Cavs. Like, they've just got the shittiest personnel for defense. Yeah. And they've, been in, a, they've been in above, they've been an above average defensive team when Robin. That's Lopez.
1: really impressive.
2: Yeah. And so I just think it cannot be overstated. I this has turned into just like the Robin Loaf has loved this, but I think he's <laughs> been phenomenal. Um Boucher, he's risen up this yeah. I was gonna say that one. Boucher. He's in very new development. I mean obviously Nick Claxton as just a complete yeah. newcomer isaiah stewart as a rookie he's pretty he's like isaiah stewart's the highest rookie on the shockingly
0: wasn't he gonna be a blazer
2: oh uh, no he he got drafted with the pick that the blazers traded yeah to the okay Mons, he's is, the uw um, guy yeah yeah um yeah those are the main those are the main risers um calvin do you have a riser besides Turner? that t- i think we kind of covered them all um, we covered them yeah. all man yeah well, so you want to who's this?
0: gonna be a the biggest riser next year
2: wiseman i think that's fair to say i, I could see that mm, i Maybe think getting that's not fair that, to say getting to that tier three yeah, i mean i'm <laughs> i i would be more inclined to go with channon but with it, such a young player he was this bad like there's so much room for improvement and he's actually got, he's that got, that's true totally if cool. you're at
1: the bottom you better be rising bro
2: like if you Especially if, if you told me pick. if you told me next year he's better than Willie cawley stein like i could buy that and already that's like a two-tier improvement and so i i think he could maybe get a little better next year mm-hmm. um so yeah biggest fallers on this list um well i mean
1: it's hard because like the people who are low that are kind of hot takes i mean it's not like they were better before in a sense. Yeah, i mean sergi like like baka's a follower yeah. Sergi is a
2: faller that's father. a good one yeah but he's older um,
0: it's inevitable
2: yeah. I mean Hassan Whiteside kind of transitioning from being a 30 minute a game starting center to being kind of a backup for Sacramento like I still think he's done fine in that role but yeah. it's, it's pretty apparent that his days as like an innings eating center are over
0: Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just
2: go through a few fallers on my board um this guy i think it's partly just because he's been horrific this year and then i also think i maybe overrated him a tiny bit last year but aaron baines he's fallen quite a bit um oh yeah going up the list a little bit yeah, he's been bad dude he's been, yeah he's been a train wreck they brought in kim birch finally to kind of relieve him of his duties like chris boucher had already passed him in the rotation i mean yeah, yeah i touched on his song right side derrick favors fell yeah. quite a bit to me um it's
1: an age one too kind
2: of yeah another age one Marc Gasol I still think like if they oh, yeah. if they play the Nuggets I think Marc Gasol is going to be a huge key for the Lakers in that series like not it's... that the Lake, not that the Lakers would have ran into or, or would have um would have struggled against the Nuggets otherwise but I just think Marc Gasol will be even better yeah um, yeah. um other followers like yeah you touched on Serge Ibaka yeah, I mean, that's about... Those are the big ones. Those are that's big
1: interesting. Ones. There's not really any that are, like, people who have, like, had a lot of potential and then fell off necessarily.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Most of them are just age-related who are, like, bound to regress anyway. There aren't really yeah. any that you could consider huge disappointments. Natural causes.
0: You know, yeah. I think who's someone that could maybe get better mm-hmm. that I like is Damian Jones, you know, Damian he used to be a warrior. I don't know. There's something about him. He just seems really. Athletic. Is that what? you – I think not. maybe
1: is what you like about him—the fact that he used to be a warrior. I don't
0: know. There's just something. About, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. He no, I,
2: just seems I don't. Athlete. I don't see it with Damian Jones. I think yeah, he's. It's a long terrible.
0: shot for sure.
2: Yeah, you, you're right. He is. He is athletic. So, and he's a seven footer. So, this athletic seven footer. Maybe you could see it, but I don't know. I. To it's a reach. A don't, don't it, it yeah, it's a reach. I mean, yeah, that's a good. That's what. That's what we would call a deep sleeper. But it's it's an okay. <laughs> pick.
0: Hey, Jordan Poole is a deep sleeper. I mean, Jordan Poole had more life
2: than Damian Jones probably does. Right yeah, I mean, Jordan but... Poole was a first round pick, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I I think yeah, Damian Jones. He's worth a mention. Like, and he just signed that 10 day contract with the Kings. So maybe. He hey, there's...
0: talk about one thing,
2: Gary freaking Payton. The gloves son? Yeah.
0: Hey, he is locked down low-key. He played like five minutes and had like four steals.
2: Yeah, that was impressive. He played some really good defense. And
0: he's he's kinda he's a pest. He's he they put him on they put him on Kemba.
2: A pest is understating it. He's like a full on like hazard out there. Dude,
0: I I like Gary and he's he's a predator.
2: Yeah, I hate oh, yeah. that predator. Man. That's a good. I don't nice.
0: get why people like want to call themselves the predator. Ugh. Who wants oh, to yeah. call themselves what? Oh, there's a bunch of UFC fighters with the nickname predator, and I just don't. know oh, really? Why you would do that? All
1: Especially right, in so, today's world. So most. Say something else, I
2: guess. <laughs> Most likely to rise over the next year, I think. If Embiid, if the Sixers have a like crazy finals run or something, I think Embiid could separate himself into a tier of his own. He's already number one, but I think that could kind of push him over the top to where I'd put him in his own. Yeah, tier.
1: I agree.
2: Um, like Christian Wood. I already said that about Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Christian's in and mm-hmm. he's
0: going to be a star no matter what. Um, mm-hmm.
2: um. Nick Claxton, I think Could yeah, definitely. He's got he's got some concerns to, to ease out, but yeah, maybe. Uh
1: could. I think I think Nurkic could potentially rise if he can yeah. play more and you know, cuz dude, he had some amazing stat lines before oh,
2: yeah. the major injury, bro, like He and he's getting back. He's like is. He's getting back to that point, I think. He's
1: moving in the right direction, but he was like I I was like expecting an all-star season from him. Like he was like really impressive. I remember like one of his first games I went to the game and he had like 30 and 20 or something like that. And it was like, yo, what? Yeah. Hey, we traded Mason Plumlee for this guy. That's uh,
2: so yeah. crazy. Yeah. But but the way he's bounced back from the wrist injury to this point has been satisfactory to say the least. Yeah. Like he is meeting and exceeding my expectations. I am sure. Yeah. I think, I think he could be a riser at least within his tier. Um yeah, that's a that's a good point because he's not he's never going to be like an Adebayo or a Govera or a Jokic, but could he pass like Rashawn Holmes or Brook Lopez or Miles Turner? Like, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think yeah. I think that's a good point. Rising within his tier, I think that's I, a good distinction.
0: I have faith in in Onyeka.
2: Onyeka, oh gosh, he's been so bad, but I mean, yeah, he's another one like Wiseman. Like, he's a young.
0: You can't just write these young cats off. Yeah, so.
2: exactly. Yeah, I yeah I think i i think as a safe bet to rise i think that's good um wendell carter and robert williams i think both of them um, is wendell yeah. a bull or were he's on the magic now oh he's on the magic yeah zach collins we've talked about yeah you know goga batadze i i like goga batadze quite a bit oh um, that's that who does he play for the pacers
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That's because I uh, yeah yeah
2: yeah. But he's a seven footer. Yeah, he already yeah. blocks a ton of shots, and he he can shoot threes. Like that's an interesting player, and he's yeah. Like I'm, I'm. He's just a guy. I Have my eye on. Um,
1: dude, talk about an interesting player. Who's that dude on the Thunder? Moses. What's Brown. his last name? No, Poleshevsky oh, yeah, or like,
2: something. Alexi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro. Swag boy.
1: <laughs> dude, I, no, he had a freaking dime, dude. I saw the highlight. This is just one play, but. I mean, I've seen like he's had like like a nineteen and nineteen game or something like that. But he had that. Um, it was like Lou Dort highlights, and there was a pass by him where I was like, "Damn, dude! Like that's some impressive vision." He's a rook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, I remember you talked about him in the pre-draft thing. Yeah, I think he's he was like, and he can shoot. And you might as well take
2: a chance on him. Yeah, and that's pretty much what he's been. Like he's just been a complete wild card. He does stuff that looks incredible. And he passes it to players on the bench if they stand up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's a mixed bag. Oh, that's good. Any, I can't really think of any players aside from just like the old guys who I think are likely regression candidates. Oh, um, I mean maybe Vucevic, yeah. just because that forty percent three point clip. Yeah, it's just such an outlier when you look at what he shot the rest of his career, and he doesn't really bring much to the table besides that. Yeah yeah that's that's a good one should we get i don't to know the, about I I mean, any pick i i think deandre Aiden, if if the suns have a disappointing playoffs and deandre Aiden's like lack of like versatility i don't really see this happening though honestly like i think he'll be just fine in the playoffs like yeah. i don't think he's gonna be like blowing anybody's minds but i don't think he's gonna have some severe fall off in the playoffs. Yeah. actually i would i take that back because i don't think deandre Aiden's really the type of guy who's gonna get exposed yeah yeah, I don't really have any likely followers, really. Um, no, Stephen Adams at Steven Adams at 25. Like, he seems pretty calcified. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's pick who we want to have on our team. This was actually really fun when we did this last time. That was a good one that Colin had. So? But before we pick, should we all go around and remind everybody who our shooting guards are so they can who's on our team? Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Who was mine? you had so i kind of splurged at the shooting guard i took some good players my my starting shooting guard is gary trent jr just because he can play off the ball and he defends well so just kind of a good three and d wing i come here next to my star point guard so stay tuned because there will be a star point guard on this team my back my backup i got tyler hero just kind of a microwave score off the bench and um, Pat Connaughton just kind of inject some energy, inject some. Mm. Energy in oh, okay, yeah, I remember who I took.
1: I don't remember who mine. Did I take Booker? Yeah, I you don't remember. Him. And Lou Dort. I think I went. I went Booker, Dort, and Grayson Allen. Yeah, yeah. Those are. Like damn, that. That's
2: tough. That's tough. So yeah, those you know, are my elite offense. You've got elite defense, and then you've got a really solid two-way guy. So I think that's. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm gonna go. But yeah. Yeah. Go
2: ahead.
0: you veer away from the norm. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna go Lou, but I'm gonna go Lou, Clay, and my boy Mustache Jordan Poole, nice. Just because so I feel like that's the kind of thing we're going for. Because I feel like it wouldn't be
2: fair to have Gary, Lou, and Clay. That's pretty star studded. All right. So I think the way we should do this, I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna pick like stars. We clarified this awesome. Like this should be somewhat realistic. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go first. My starting is going to be Jakob Purtle. Just get that rim protection, get that rebounding out there. He's not super versatile, but I don't really need that. If anything, I can go small ball and play a power forward at center with my closing lineups if I need to. So just mm-hmm. having Purtle's shot blocking and um, rebounding for the majority of the game, I think, will be incredibly useful. Backup. I mean, you guys have seen this coming from a mile away. I'm going to Robin Lopez. Just he just. Yeah, I, I. what more can I say? I think I've said enough about Lopez, but I love him as a player. And then as my third string guy, I'm just going to go for a guy who is going to sit on the end of the bench. Like, this guy is a long shot. But <laughs> if, if he pans out, I'm going to have some defensive versatility. I think he's a high risk. Like, it's probably not going to work out, but possibly high upside. I'm going to go with Zach Collins as my third center. Okay, just, I like it. Have him chilling on the end of the bench. I like it. Okay. so Colonel lopez zach collins for me okay
1: um hmm. you know i am going to start um i don't want to choose someone who's too good i think i'm, I'm gonna, gonna take go two. you're gonna take two yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna start Brick lopez nice yeah um
2: that's a good that's a good pairing with booker too i think
1: that's what i was thinking um uh ooh, damn i forgot about him okay no but my mr mid pack i'm gonna go with oh wow oh i damn i don't know if i can do that next little,
2: nah you know. not yeah okay wait who's your second guy robin lopez This is no. tough. which which when you look at my list, that seems a little OP for a second guy. But when you think of just like the general consensus of the league, like I think if you told a random NBA fan like Robin Lopez as a backup center, I don't think that's not
1: unrealistic. That. Yeah, that's not unrealistic at all. Okay, OK, 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 I need to get my backup. Do you know who your starter is, Kellen?
2: Um,
0: um, yeah. Who you got? You want me to just say mine? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Give,
0: give me Boucher and give me Kevon.
2: I like All it. Right. I actually like that. Yeah. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah. I
1: thought, I definitely thought about Boucher as my start as well.
2: I don't think those are bad picks. I'm going to write me down either. our
0: whole teams and then we can like debate which teams would win. <laughs>
2: or, or, we're not going to debate it. We're going to create these rosters in 2K and battle it. <laughs> oh,
0: let's go.
1: Okay.
2: We died in
1: sick. All right, so I'm going Brooke Lopez, and I'm bringing old Nick Claxton off.
2: <laughs> well, yes, I I was hoping you would pick him because I had to. Ba- basically, when I picked Zach Collins, like if he was healthy, I would hope he gives me what Nick Claxton would be giving your team. So I think. Oh yeah, I think that's a good yeah yeah. I think that at least defensively, offensively, they're obviously completely different players, but yeah. Teams, so yeah, I think I think that's a very nice pick.
1: Yeah. Um I'm leave I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to have a two center squad. Nice.
0: Okay. So I've got Clay, Dort, Pool, Boucher and Looney. <laughs> you uh uh wh- who do you have? You have uh Jonah, you've got Hero,
2: Gary Trent Hero and um Pat Connaughton. Okay. And then my centers are Jakob Pearl, Robin Lopez and Zach Collins.
0: Robin yeah I I, you are definitely you like you I can just tell you'd be the guy to just you want some guys at center that are just I don't know I I feel like you'd just be a defensive oriented coach I don't know oh
2: yeah absolutely especially like I said it at the top of the show like defense is the priority when it comes to centers yeah
0: and then Shannon who do you have
2: um
1: all of my players are Booker Brooke Lopez, uh, Lou Dork, Grayson Allen, and Claxton.
0: Sick, dude! All right, let's go. That's gonna be fun. I can't wait to choose point guards.
2: Yeah, this this was a very fun show, you guys. What, what position should we do? What position should we do next? Let's do power That's
1: what I was gonna say. I want to do power forwards. Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's do it. Power forward. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So Is Kelly
0: a power forward or a shooting guard?
2: Kelly, right? Is he a small forward? Yeah. I would small, small, it. small. Yeah, he's small. Yeah, he's right. considered Kelly a small forward.
0: Okay, sick. All right, boys.
2: All right, boys. All right. So Let's should see. we just plan on doing the next one sometime between Friday morning and Sunday night of this week? Yeah. Yep. All right. Perfecto.
0: Good. All right. Later, All right,
2: boys. Later. Good night. See you guys. Good night. Good night.